So today we are going to jump into our message at this point. We're going to be celebrating baptisms. We're going to worship uh, towards the end and just have a, a great morning planned. And so I'm going to speak here for the next few minutes. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 to start off with. So I invite you to join me there in Matthew chapter 6. It's the first uh, gospel in the New Testament uh, as the Bible is divided into different sections. So Matthew chapter 6. And I'm going to invite you to stand with me. We're going to do a responsive prayer, not just a reading, because readings can just be this like, rah, rah, rah. Uh, we're going to pray this. And so I invite you to uh, have um, a prayerful attitude. I am the reader. You are the people. And so here, let us pray. On this day, we come into the presence of our God, praying with our Savior as he taught us to pray. We join with Christians around the world as we say, we pray this for ourselves, but also for people who are hungry throughout the world. We ask not just for daily bread, but for all our daily needs. We are grateful for food that comes from farms and gardens, from stores and restaurants. We ask for things to quench our thirst. We are grateful for water from streams and from lakes, for milk and coffee and other good things to drink. Our daily bread is more than what we eat and drink. We ask for daily provision in the big and the small, for governments that are just, for homes that are places of peace and renewal. We thank you for all the things that allow us to enjoy our daily bread. Father, we thank you for the words that you taught your disciples to pray, that you taught us to pray. Lord, for the meaning of those words as they are, but also for the meaning and the emphasis of ways that it teaches us to pray, Lord, really as a guide as well. And so, Lord, today we acknowledge the fact that you are Father, that you are nearby. We acknowledge the holiness. We lift up the holiness of your name and Lord, we also pray that your kingdom would come. And Lord, that your will would indeed be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so today, teach us in the short time, Lord, what it means uh, to pray. And give us today our daily bread. Lord, we love you and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So have you ever prayed a prayer? And while you're praying it, or maybe before you're praying it, you have thoughts, should I bother God with this? Or does God really have time for this concern? I mean, he, there's so many other things going on in this world. I've prayed prayers and thought that way after them or before them. In fact, just recently, a weekend or two ago, we were heading up to visit Joanna's family. And uh, we, we were going to take one of our vehicles up there, that, and I cleaned it out before we got there, before we uh, took off. And, and as I was cleaning it out, 
I hit the button on the driver's seat that slides the seat back. Now, you may be saying, no big deal. Well, in one of our vehicles, that seat does not move forward, okay? And so that morning, Joy and I had offered to drive. And now that I hit the seat and slid the seat backwards, her legs can no longer reach the gas or the brakes, which is really important when you drive a vehicle. See, she was going to drive because I needed to finish up the message for the next day. And I needed that about an hour and a half to two hours to, to just clean it up, to get it ready to go. And so as I realized this, I was frustrated. I was frustrated that now I had to drive. I was frustrated that I wouldn't have time for the message. And so we're driving down the road. I'm driving away. We get down the road a little ways, and what happens, like many times, is that we forgot something, right? So even more frustration of like, oh, turning the vehicle around. We're late. I'm driving. We forgot something. And we're pulling into the driveway. Joanna looks at me, and she says, you know, I've prayed for the seat before, and there's been a couple of times that it's moved forward. So in my frustration, I looked at her, and I just walked into the house without saying anything. So I get what we forgot, and I walk back outside. And there she is sitting in the driver's seat. This little smile, not a big smile. She knew that would be too much. There's just this little smile where she said, I prayed, it moved, let's go. I got into the passenger seat, and we left. That Saturday morning, she prayed for a seat in a car to move forward. There was war in Ukraine. There's war in Ukraine. There's injustice in the world. There's pain and suffering. There's broken relationships. There's sickness and disease. And she prayed for a seat to move forward, and it moved forward. When we pray our daily bread, these are the type of prayers, along with our wants and our needs and our our realities, our desires that we're called to pray. Because just before this passage, we were taught to pray, our kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God calls us to pray these huge prayers for peace, for wholeness, for restoration and relationships. These huge prayers that the things of heaven would break out on earth. And then he also calls us to pray for our daily bread, these daily needs. Give us today our daily bread. So maybe you too have hesitated to pray for a broken washing machine. You've not wanted to bother God with those glasses that you've lost again and they're always on top of your head, right? You've not wanted to bother God with those things, but Jesus teaches us, give us today our daily bread. It's as if Jesus is saying, what do you need? Let me know. I'm here. Talk to me. I'm your father, remember? I'm, I'm one that's, that's here for you. I'm the provider. And things need to be done well, and there's brokenness all around you, but what do you need? See, this type of prayer is a petition. It's our wants, our needs, our desires, that we go before the Lord and we ask. And some of you are really good, because that's all your prayers are, is that it's all just asking. And some of you are just at the point where you're like, I'm not going to ask anymore. I mean, if God, God knows what I need, right? He's God. Jesus is God. He, he knows what we need. So why in the world do we ask? 
Or maybe you've been let down so many times, or you've just felt silence, or you've just come out of this where you're like, if I pray and I ask God for this and nothing happens, I'm afraid that it really will impact my faith. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 6, before he taught the Lord's Prayer, in verse 7, he says this, chapter 6 of Matthew, verse 7. He said, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, so if, if the Father knows what we need, why do we even ask him? Jesus just said, God knows, and then he teaches us to pray. This is really confusing. What is the reason for this? And then we look at, we start getting philosophical about it. Like Aristotle, he looked at God as the, the unmoved mover. I mean, like, God is God. God's going to do what God wants to do. Yeah, he's, he's moving, but he's going to do what he wants to do anyways. So why do we pray? And then we read in Scripture that God is unchanging, he's eternal, he's everlasting, he's all-knowing. More tension. Why do we pray for daily bread? I mean, we like the steadfastness of God when things are uncertain. Fast forward just a little bit here in Matthew chapter 6 to verse 25. See, we like the unchangeable God. We like the, the steadfastness here is where he writes... Matthew 6, chapter 20, or verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you wear. Is life more than food? Is life not more than food? And the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Again, God knows. And it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. So our calling is to seek his kingdom, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, and his righteousness, and then all these things will be given to you. And it says, don't worry. God knows you need these things. So again, why do we pray for our daily bread? Well, I believe it boils down to two things. These are the two things I believe it boils down to is relationship with God and empowerment in that relationship. God desires that, that back and forth, that communication verbally, that listening that we are pausing to do. And he wants to empower us in that relationship. I mean, again, think of your kingdom come, your will be done. Think of what many of you in this space and many who are watching from home today have confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, have trusted their eternity. When you die, you have trusted with faith that you will be in the presence of the Lord when you die. That's a pretty big thing and a pretty big deal. But yet, I was not willing to trust a seat in a car to God. I was more likely to Google it 
and look underneath the seat and check these things out. We hesitate to ask God for our daily needs for a variety of reasons. Many of which I've named and others that you're struggling with and you're thinking of, of why you do not pray and ask God for things. Imagine a scenario with me. Imagine a scenario that here you are today. You came in some sort of vehicle, I assume. Maybe you walked, but you, came, you may have some sort of transportation. You most likely have a place to live. You are all wearing clothing. Thank you for that. Uh, you have things. You have food, these different things. Now imagine this scenario. Is that today when you woke up, the only thing you had was what you gave thanks for yesterday. Some of you wouldn't have come to church today because you didn't ask for clothes or you didn't have food. We go through life because we have jobs and we have incomes and we have structures and supports and friends and family that care for us that we feel like we have our daily needs taken care of. But what if all we had today was what we gave thanks for yesterday? See, it would radically change our day because today, if I forgot to give thanks for food yesterday, I'm like, Lord, please supply my need for food. Give me my daily bread or housing or clothing or whatever it may be. See, in that relationship, when we pray for daily bread, it is an attitude of gratitude that it invokes and it's called to the surface. This relationship, remembering that God is the one who provided that. And it empowers me to pray intentionally for things, not only that I have, but things that the Lord wants to give, the things that the Lord wants to give and work through me and also into others' lives. Because it says, give us our daily bread, not give me my daily bread. You have been given things so that you can be a gift and a giver and generous to others, not to hoard and collect. See, this is about dependence and it's about gratitude and it's a reminder that the Lord has supplied our needs and we are to be hands and feet of Jesus. There's a story in the Old Testament where the Lord clearly paints this picture. The Israelites have moved on from Egypt. They're in the wilderness. They're wandering, and they're saying, let's go back to slavery. Let's go back to captivity because we don't have what we need. And the Lord says this, or the Lord revealed this in Exodus 16. The Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you that people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord had given you to eat. This is what the Lord had commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. So as you read the story, and the story carries on, is that there would be people who would collect extra, more than they needed today, and it would spoil overnight. The idea was provision for the day. Go collect what you need, consume it, use it, and then tomorrow there'll be more. And the Lord painted this picture for the Israelites, and it reminds us in the Lord's Prayer that we are not to overconsume, we are not to hoard, we're not to take more than we need. Because there's others in need, and the Lord is one who provides. It's about building trust. It's that relationship, building trust, and it's empowering us to serve others. There's three verses in Proverbs that I absolutely love when it comes to this. 
It says this, it says, two things I ask of you, Lord. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Love this prayer. Lord, don't, don't cause me to be poor. Give me what I need this day. Give me my daily bread so I can honor you, but not too much because then I'm not dependent upon you. I don't need you. I can go on my own. And with this prayer, too, as we pray not for excess or too little, is that we pray specifically, we pray for our daily bread. This is a very clear ask from the Israelites in the Old Testament. It's Jesus teaching this, but it's this wide ask as well, is that there are needs that we have. And as I started thinking about this daily bread, is that do I pray in generalities or do I pray with specifics? And I ask you the same question. Do you pray prayers like, Lord, bless me, give me peace, protect me today, guide me today? These general prayers which your Lord hears and the Lord answers, but how do you know whether or not it was really God moving? Because we get answers in generalities because we pray in generalities. But what if we prayed specifically more often? What if we prayed focused prayers where what was really on our heart we laid before the Lord? Maybe there would be more specific answers. Or maybe we would recognize the Lord's hand when we pray, which would drive us to further prayer. Not prayer to get and gain, but rather, again, it strengthens the relationship and empowers us to be actively praying for our needs and the needs of others. When we pray for daily bread, there's really two big ideas that the Lord calls us to. Because I could pray for some elaborate sports car and you know millions and millions of dollars. But I need to ask the question of, Am I praying in Jesus' name, and is this the will of God? Jesus said this in John 14, and whatever you ask in my name, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I'll do it. This is praying in Jesus' name and praying the will of God. So remember, we started with the Lord's prayer of who God is, his holiness, his presence, his kingdom, his will. And so when we get to the point where we're asking, this is the groundwork that we're building from. And in 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears our prayers. And I love how someone said this. They said, prayer may not instantly fix our quandaries, but it will affix us to the king. So prayer doesn't necessarily get all the answers we want, but it draws our heart and our presence and our focus to Jesus. You know, as we look at these passages and we consider what it means to pray for our daily bread, we start to ask the question, is it more important that my circumstances change or that I change and become more like Jesus? Because when I'm praying, I can just pray circumstance, 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 or I can pray heart of Jesus. For example, 
Maybe when I'm praying and asking God to fix my broken finances, that God's real desire is to change me and grow me to be able to manage my finances, to make me more like him. Or maybe when I am praying and praying and praying for a miraculous fix in my marriage, that God's real aim is to change me to be more like Jesus so that I love my spouse better, that I love my kids like he loves. So maybe when I pray for whatever it is, it's not the answer, the circumstance that is exactly gonna be fixed in that moment, but rather God says, here's an opportunity. Because many of you have been praying for something for the longest time, and you've looked at it and you're like, ooh, I can make a change here. This is an opportunity to change. But no, God, I just pray that you'd fix this situation. God's like, no, I've given you an opportunity to be a participant, the relationship, and empower you in this circumstance and situation. You have prayed for this need, this desire, this want. Here's an opportunity to walk in this way. And I hope for some of you, for the things that you've been praying for, even in this moment right now, you're like, oh, yep, missed that yesterday. Yep, missed that one. Don't stress about the past. You're going to have more opportunities. Relationship and empowerment in these opportunities. See, prayer always changes something, no matter the outcome. Like, we think it's supposed to look like this, but God's like, I want to change. I'm going to change something. I'm either going to change you, I'm going to change the people around you, I'm going to change the situation that you're in, or even God is going to move in a different way. And this may be something that I've been tapping into and you may be struggling with is, we don't have time to look at it today, it would take far too long and it'd be really good, is Exodus 32. Is a conversation there with God. And it says in there that God relented. He changed what he was gonna do. And there are numerous passages in scripture where whether it's Hannah or Joshua or Moses, or whoever it may be, is that there's a prayer, there's a conversation, and something unfolds out of it. In Exodus 32, there's this relenting, it says, that God did. So yes, God is unchanging. He is eternal. He's everlasting. He's all-knowing. But he calls us to participate with him as his kingdom comes and his will is done here on earth. I want to read one more time a, a quote that I read in week one of this series from Dallas Willard. He said this, God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he's answering our prayers when he's only doing what he was going to do anyways. Our requests really do make a difference in what God does or does not do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it does, regardless of whether we pray or not, is a specter that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess belief in God. It makes prayer psychologically impossible, replacing it with dead ritual at best. And of course, God does not respond to this. You wouldn't either. See, this prayer that we're walking through is not dead ritual. Praying for our daily bread is not dead ritual. It is an empowerment and an invitation to walk with Jesus. In John 6, I'm gonna wrap up with this and one other passage. In John 6, Jesus said this. He said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry 
And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. Jesus is saying, I am that bread. When you pray for daily bread, I am providing for you, but part of that is I'm providing myself. Come near to me. Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So as we look back over the last couple weeks, week one was exactly that, about drawing near to God. It was this invitation to the Father, this Father's heart. Week two was about surrender. It's about when my kingdom wars against God's kingdom. And will I live open-handedly? Will I surrender? And this week, I wanna invite you once again to reconsider and consider prayer when it comes to daily needs. Is that you pray for those things that feel like really, really big things, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And also these things that seem small. And that you look for ways that you can pray specifically, not generally, specifically. So when your scenery changes, when you go to a different place, what can you pray? When your feelings change, what can you pray? When you are feeling gratitude, what can you pray? When you're feeling heartbreak, what can you pray? Is that you go, not just for answers, but you go to the Lord. You look to him, you lean on him. The psalmist said these words, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. For he founded it on the seas and established it on the waters. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Savior. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. This week, may we be a people who seek the face of the Lord at all times, in all moments. Thank you.